This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. On today's podcast, we'll talk about the latest on the injury front, some good news, some not great news for both the Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, of course, will play this Sunday right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Plus, a little on the Guardians, who didn't do much of anything, but I I talked a little bit about them last time, and I got a few more things I want to say about the Guardians. Uh, that and more on this latest edition of the Bullpen with Adam Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, let's get right to it. First of all, the latest Bet Rivers point spread on the Browns Jaguars game. Now, this game opened on Monday morning, I want to say. I think it was sometime on Monday. Don't remember if it was the morning that I saw it. Uh, and the, the Jaguars opened, of course, as a three-point favorite in this game, and that was, of course, before Trevor Lawrence played. Remember, the Jags played Monday night against the Bengals in Jacksonville. So the game was a three – the Jags were a three-point favorite in Cleveland. Uh, then, of course, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt late in that game, and – as the as the week has gone to now we're Thursday, it is trending towards Trevor Lawrence not playing. Now, he did speak to the media yesterday, and he was not in a boot or on crutches, and he says he feels better than expected. So it is entirely possible he could end up playing this week. It just seems very unlikely. Uh, listen, crazier things have happened. We saw in the playoffs last year, Tre- um, Patrick Mahomes. Had, had, I believe it was a high ankle sprain. I know it was an ankle sprain. I can't remember for sure if it was a high ankle sprain, but it happened against the Jags in the playoffs. He played the following week against the Bengals. He was a little limited, but not much. I mean, he still played really well in that game. So anything's possible. Uh, I still would bet that uh, Trevor Lawrence will not play this Sunday, which is obviously a big deal. If he can't go, C.J. Beathard would be the quarterback. Now, what's interesting is C.J. Beathard was also limited in Jags practice. Now, we didn't see him get an injury during the game, uh, but he was limited, so he's obviously not 100% after playing for the first time at the end of the game. He played the fourth quarter, and then he played in the overtime against the Bengals, so he's a little banged up. If by some chance both Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard can't play, their third quarterback is on their practice squad. His name is Nathan Rourke. But I would bet, if I had to bet, uh, I would bet that um, that in the end it will be C.J. Beathard and not Trevor Lawrence. I think our our guys at, at Bet Rivers here on our sports book also agree because now the Browns are a three-and-a-half-point favorite as of uh, Tuesday morning 
I think the Browns were a one and a half point favorite. It's gone up to three and a half now. Uh, it, once it passes the Rubicon of three points, then it, it you know, if you sit at two and a half at three, uh, it, you you know, it takes a lot for it to move up even more, and it did to three and a half. So at this point, if if Trevor Lawrence is officially ruled out of this game, which I think would could happen as soon as Friday, but but uh, maybe not until Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, and I guess we'll see if the if the if the Jags elevate their third string quarterback Nathan Rourke from the practice squad, that would make you think that Trevor Lawrence is out. And I would think the line might move even more. Now, part of the reason, and cornerbacks don't usually create line movement, and I I don't know that it will in this case uh, at all. But part of the reason I at least have more confidence in the Browns this week beyond the fact that Trevor Lawrence is hurt. Let's face it. If Trevor Lawrence was healthy, the Jags would be favored. I told you they were. And I'd be leaning towards picking the Jags in this game. But there's a number of big injuries. The injuries have worked against the Browns for the most part this season. Not the case this week. There are three big uh, injury statuses of this game that have swung my opinion on this game. One, Trevor Lawrence, not likely to play. Even if he does, he should be limited. Number two, Christian Kirk, Jags wide receiver. He got hurt early in the Bengals-Jags game. He's out for the year. And he's been, I don't think, he, he's not their best receiver. Calvin Ridley is their best, most talented receiver. But he's their go-to guy. And he's been their most reliable receiver uh, for the last two years. And then the third situation is a positive one. And that's for the Browns. In case you haven't heard it yet, for the first time in a number of weeks, Denzel Ward was on the practice field on Wednesday. This is huge. We have all seen that with Denzel Ward out the last two weeks, the Browns defense has not been good. This is this is a defense that for much of the season was one of, if not the best in the NFL. The last two weeks, they've been pretty bad. At best, they've been average, but a far cry from what they had been early in the season. Now, certainly part of that is Miles Garrett getting banged up two games ago with the shoulder injury. Uh, he was completely ineffective this past game. But the other big part of that is the secondary and Denzel Ward. I think those who were not believers in Denzel Ward now realize how important he is. He is far and away the second best player on this defense after Miles Garrett. There's no doubt how valuable he is to the secondary. We've seen it. Greg Newsom is a slot corner at that job. He is perfectly fine. He is not an outside corner. I know he wants to be. He's not. And he has struggled mightily the last two weeks. So Denzel Ward getting back on the practice field on Wednesday is huge. Now, it's not a guarantee that he's back yet. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, and we don't know, you know, what kind of a role that will play, but he's not a defensive lineman. He's not having to use that shoulder to push through 300-pound guys. Obviously, if he plays, it might be a, at least a slight factor, but, the, you know, Denzel Ward's game is is uh, not not really about mixing it up with other guys in that way, obviously. So while I think it could affect him, it's not going to be the effect that it's had on Miles Garrett, you wouldn't think. He's missed two games. Their secondary's been lousy for two games. He's by far the most important guy in their back seven, not even close. And 
if they can get him back, and again, it's not a short thing that he's going to play, but the fact that he was able to get in a limited practice yesterday is a pretty big deal. So those three injury notes, Lawrence, Kirk, Ward, are all beneficial to the Browns. You know, I, not that you want anybody to be hurt. I'm just dealing with the realities. Trevor Lawrence, this is a very different game. That doesn't mean the Browns couldn't win if Trevor Lawrence played, and it doesn't mean that the Jags can't win with C.J. Beathard. We've seen all kinds of wild stuff. Not like the Browns were a 10-point favorite here. And by the way, the Jaguars were a 10-point favorite last week against the Bengals, and they lost. So, I mean, that we've seen this time and time again. The Browns have won games you thought they would lose. They've lost games you thought they would win. Fortunately, this year, there's been more games you thought they'd lose, and they actually won. Than the, than the, you know, than vice versa. But the last two weeks, a lot of us thought the Browns would win these games, and they didn't. Elsewhere on the injury front, in terms of the Browns, a couple things to keep an eye on. Cam Mitchell designated to return from IR. Uh, Cam Mitchell's done a nice job when they've been able to use him. Obviously got hurt, and he's been off the team. A designated to return from IR means they have three weeks to activate him. Otherwise, he's done for the year. Uh, I assume he'll be come back. I don't know that he'll be back for this game. Usually when they, they start that clock, eh, often the guy does not play the first week. My guess is he'll be back next week against the Bears. But it's a positive that Cam Mitchell has been a good depth piece at corner, uh, is on his way to returning. Now, one, I've talked about a lot of injuries and important parts of this game, the most important for the Browns mate. Well, I mean, I think actually Denzel Ward's the most important, but one of the most important obviously is what's happening at quarterback. I haven't, we're, we're how many minutes into this podcast and I haven't talked about the Browns quarterback situation. We're nine minutes in. Oh my God. What will we do? We're nine minutes in. Okay. So let's talk about the latest on the, uh, on the Browns quarterback situation. So on Wednesday's practice, Joe Flacco took all the first-team reps. For the first time since he last played, uh, DTR practiced. He was out on the field yesterday, positive sign, but he has not been cleared from concussion protocol. I think early in the year, some people uh, people thought uh, that if you were in concussion protocol, you couldn't practice. That is not the case. I don't know if they changed that this year because I don't remember guys doing that last year. It just could be I don't remember that simple but we've seen a number of guys practice this year not just on the Browns but on other teams uh without clearing concussion protocol Marquise Goodwin's not been one of them he's been in concussion protocol for a while I want to say it's been five weeks now at this point he's still not practicing but DTR was able to get out on the field I think at this point it's pretty obvious you're sticking with Joe Flacco for a minimum of this week there's no reason to make a quarterback change uh, even if DTR were completely healthy, Flacco played well enough that I think you want to stick with him. We all want to see DTR get developed and be the long-term answer, at the very least, as the Browns' backup quarterback. I think this year has shown you that you have to have a guy you could trust as a backup quarterback, as we've seen more quarterback injuries than ever before. However, right now, this team battling for a playoff spot, the way Joe Pl Flacco performed in his first game was certainly good enough that you'd want to stick with the veteran at this point. I think it makes the most sense. I like the way DTR has progressed, but I don't think he's progressed enough at this point that I'm going to bench Joe Flacco off the game he played, even with the terrible pick. Now, we still got plenty of games left, all right? The Browns have five games left. Uh, 
I don't. We don't know how much gas Joe Flacco has left in the tank. At his age, we've seen him play the last few years as a journeyman. He has not had a ton of success. Last year, played very well in his first two games for the Jets, including the Browns game, and then he went down the tubes after that. That could very well happen again, and maybe against Chicago or the Jets or the Bengals, maybe you're flipping to DTR. We shall see. Every game matters. Every moment matters. Every decision matters right now. There are a ton of teams battling for these playoff spots. The Browns need to make the playoffs. And right now, at this moment in time, Joe Flacco gives them the best chance to win. Making a bold statement or a general declaration for the rest of the year is pointless. Uh, Kevin Stefanski hasn't even announced that Joe Flacco is starting this week. I will be stunned if Joe Flacco is not starting this week. As I talked about yesterday, the whole uh, practice squad thing is not a big deal. They will pick him up. No team is just – you can't just claim – you can't just grab a guy off the practice squad. He would have to want to go. And I'm sure, I have to imagine, unless the Browns are the dumbest team in football – and they've been that before, that Joe Flacco is good with with the Browns, and they wouldn't have put him back on the practice squad if they thought there was any chance he was going to leave for another team. Okay, so he's going to be the quarterback, most likely the starting quarterback this week. Uh, again, I, even if DTR is cleared, which he is not, I'll be absolutely stunned if he is not the starting quarterback for the Browns. couple other injuries worth noting. Uh, this is an important one, obviously. Amari Cooper left the game with a concussion. He's also got the injury of the shoulder that he had the week before. He did not practice. I I don't know. I, I don't feel great about Amari Cooper playing this week. Between the shoulder injury, which is clearly affecting him last week, and the concussion protocol, we talked about this last week when it came to DTR, that there have been very few players that have cleared concussion protocol the week and played the week after getting the concussion. We actually did see it with a former Buckeye, uh, who's now on the Saints wide receiver, Chris Olave. He had a concussion two Sundays ago, and he played this past Sunday, or at least he was in concussion protocol. Uh, so I, it is possible, but if you combine it with the shoulder injury and the fact that he didn't practice at all yesterday, I think Olave was at least limited by Wednesday, if I remember correctly. It could have been Thursday. Well, keep an eye on certainly um, Amari Cooper on Thursday's practice because if he doesn't practice Thursday, I would assume he's going to be out. A couple other notes. Kareem Hunt is dealing with a groin issue. He did not practice. I, I, he didn't show any signs of injury last week. I would assume Kareem Hunt's going to be good to go. Maurice Hurst is also dealing with a groin injury. He's been a non-factor of late. Uh, he didn't practice. Juan Thornhill also missed practice yesterday with a calf injury. So we'll keep an eye on those guys. Thornhill important, certainly for the secondary. I've, I, I'm, I'm not sure about him. I feel confident Kareem Hunt's going to play. Also, Wyatt Teller, Ogbo, Shelby, and Nick Harris, both limited in practice. Seems like they're all going to be good to go. I mean, at this point of the season, there's a lot of guys limited in practice. We're, we're into December. A couple other notes for the Jaguars. Uh, they're starting running back, Travis Etienne, and Zay Jones, who will now become one of their top two receivers with the injury to Christian Kirk, also limited in Jaguars practice. So that they are dealing with a number of injuries as well. And so obviously we'll see how those things pan out as the week goes along. Get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. 
Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you all my picks for the NFL this week, including the Browns against the spread. That's coming up in just two minutes. But I wanted to talk about the Guardians. The Guardians, um, to this point, have done nothing in uh, the offseason, nothing of significance. They added a player in the Rule 5 draft who's a, actually a nice prospect. I was a little surprised he was available in the Rule 5 draft. Um, but and they and they've signed a couple of guys to to small contracts. They've done nothing. They did add Scott Barlow in the pen, who was actually a nice a nice pickup. I, I did actually like that move. A good addition in the pen. I mentioned yesterday that um, I would or not yesterday. So sometime in the last week, I mentioned that that I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Emmanuel Class A after signing Barlow and with the adding Barlow and with the guys they have in the pen to try to recoup some some outfielders. So keep an eye on that. They might trade Bieber this offseason. I still think they won't. The guy they got in the Rule 5 draft is a guy that, by the name of Davison De Los Santos. He was the Diamondbacks' uh, number five prospect, according to MLB.com. He's an infielder, one of only two infielders taken in the Rule 5 draft. For those who don't understand the Rule 5 draft, and even a lot of baseball fans don't, I'll explain it to you. Uh, Davison De Los Santos and all the other guys picked in the, in the major league phase of the Rule 5 draft. And uh, let's see, I think there were 10 guys taken. If you pick a guy in the Rule 5 draft, he has to be on your major league roster the entire season. Oh, He could be on the injured list as well, but there's got to be a legit injury. But you can't send him to the minors. Now, Davison De Los Santos is a guy, from what I've read, i never heard of the guy before, uh, to be honest. I follow the minor leagues, but, you know, I don't know every prospect on every team, and he wasn't a Guardians player until yesterday. But what I what I did read about Davison De Los Santos is he's got a lot of power, which Guardians obviously need. Uh, however, the consensus seems to be he's not ready for the big leagues. And keeping a, a hitter who's not ready for the big leagues on your roster an entire season. I mean, they must think really high of him to the, now it doesn't cost you much. I believe it costs 50 grand to take a guy in the rule five draft. And then you could, if you don't keep him on the major league roster, you have to offer him back to the team he came from for 25,000. So I'll, I'll be surprised in the end, I guess, if Davis and De Los Santos is with the guardians the whole season, but they cannot send him to the minors. And so if he's not ready for the majors, you're wasting a, a roster spot, which would not be a wise thing to do. Uh, to me, like the teams that do that are teams like the A's, the Royals, the Rockies, the White Sox, the Nats. Those are teams that all took guys in the Rule 5 draft. Those teams are not contenders, and they're not so, – so you can afford to keep a guy like that. But the Guardians and the Mets and the Rangers all took guys, and those teams are – Certainly the Rangers are contending, and they just won the World Series. And, and you know, the, now the Rangers and Mets took pitchers. It's a little easier with the pitchers to kind of keep a guy around. There's always one or two guys in the pen that don't pitch that much. But every hitter spot is extremely important. So we'll see what happens with that. As for the bigger picture, listen, here's the bottom line for me. If you can't afford to have a reasonable MLB payroll, which is minimum $125 million. You are not capable of being an owner. Times have changed. 
I believe that Dolan should sell the team. Now, David Blitzer is coming as a minority owner. He's apparently got a lot more money than the Dolans do. I don't care. I don't want to hear about the stupid TV deal. You have to compete with other teams. I'm not asking you to have the same payroll as the Yankees, the Mets, and the Cubs. But you got to have at least $125 million. Think about how good this Guardians team, which is already you know a decent team, could be with an extra $50 million on the payroll. It'd be a huge difference. Instead, they're going to add pennies this year. It's time for the Dolans to sell. Enough is freaking enough. Get them out of here. And hopefully, hopefully David Blitzer um, is a guy who's, you know, he owns other teams and other sports. Uh, now's the time. And hopefully he, as the majority owner, would be will- willing to spend. Because I'm sick of this. He he owns the Sixers and the Devils. Let's go, David Blitzer. We need you here, and we need you to spend some cash. So hopefully he'll do that. Oh, you know this this bringing him in was seemed to always be a part of a, a eventual transition out of ownership for the Dolans. Well, let's make it happen sooner rather than later. I, I'm sick of this crap. <clears throat> All right, let's do it. NFL picks for this week. We start with the Browns. You know what? Let's end it with the Browns. Keep you waiting for that. Um, Colts-Bengals, 1 p.m. Sunday. Game is in Cincy. Indy is a one-point favorite. I am surprised by this. I am surprised coming now. Listen, it's a week-to-week league. Uh, But the way the Bengals played this past week, I'm surprised they're an underdog at home. I'm actually, and maybe I'm prisoner of the moment, but I'm going to take the Bengals plus one at home against the Colts. Uh, I like the Bengals to win this game. Buccaneers at the Falcons. Falcons are one-point favorite. These NFC South matchups, you know, they're all kind of close outside of Carolina. Tampa, you know, Baker's done a decent job. Still way too many turnovers, but not as bad this year in the past. He's been a little up and down, but I give him his credit. He's been decent this year, serviceable, certainly. Starting caliber worthy, if nothing else. But I like Atlanta at home. Their defense has played very well. Um, I, I think it's a close game. I think Falcons win by a field goal. I'll take the Falcons at home. I'll take the Texans on the road. I think the Texans are getting on a big-time roll, and they will finish as the five seed in the AFC. Uh, Texans are at the Jets. Jets can't score. Texans can. Jets' defense is solid, but C.J. Stroud's been phenomenal. Obvious rookie of the year. Texans will win by more than four at home, or excuse me, on the road against the Jets. Uh, Continue with the 1 o'clock games. The other two NFC South teams, Saints host the Panthers. Saints are a five-point favorite at home. Obviously, they're much better at home. I'll lay the five with the Saints. Rams at the Ravens. Ravens favored by a touchdown in this one. I actually actually like the Rams to cover, and I think the Ravens will probably win. But, you know, the Rams are playing much better the last couple of weeks. We saw them last week. Um... You know, their offense is cooking right now. Stafford's playing solidly well. Puka Nakua's playing great. They got Kyron Williams playing. You know, Kyron Williams, I didn't even think had that good a game against the Browns, and he still put up big, you know, pretty big numbers. I like the Rams to keep that close. I think the Ravens win a close one, but I'll take the Rams plus seven. Lions at the Bears. Lions are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Bad weather in Chicago. Justin Fields back. Uh, Jared Goff bounced back last week after two straight kind of so-so games. This game is a little tough. I, I think the Bears could be tricky at home. In the end, I'll go with the Lions. I'll lay the three and a half. 
I don't love that one because I think the Bears could be feisty and keep this close, but I still got to lean towards the Lions. All right, 4 o'clock games. Seahawks at the Niners. Niners are a 10.5-point favorite. That's a lot. The Niners right now look unstoppable, but the Seahawks have played pretty well too. I Man, it's hard to pick against the Niners because they're playing so well, but I like the Seahawks with the points. I think the Niners win, but I think the Seahawks keep it a game. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks plus ten and a half in that one. Raiders at home against the Vikings. They're getting three points. I'm actually gonna go with the Vikings. Uh, excuse me, the Raiders to win this game outright at home. I like the way they played on under Antonio Pierce. They've been much much better. I don't believe in the Vikings, despite the way they played so far this year. I I think Josh Dobbs, nice player, good backup. I think he's gonna continue his crash. They decided to stay with him. Broncos at the Chargers. Chargers favored by two and a half. I mean, how do you figure out the Chargers right now? I, I'll take I, – I, this is a hard game to pick. This is a stay away from me, honestly. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers minus two and a half, but I don't feel great about it. Bills at the Chiefs. Two teams that have been disappointing to some degree on offense. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills to pull the upset here. I, I don't I, – I think Josh Allen's playing better than Patrick Mahomes right now. I, I, I'll take uh, – I'll take the Bills plus one and a half on the road. It's a, it's hard. It it you know, the Bills are six and six. It's weird to be picking them at Kansas City, but I have a feeling they're going to pull an upset. The Chiefs have had their number. I feel like it's their time for the Bills to finally win one of these games. Uh, Sunday night football: Eagles at the Cowboys. Eagles at the Cowboys. Let's go, Dallas. I believe in Dak Prescott right now. I'm picking the Eagles and the Chiefs both to lose. I'm probably out of my mind. I'll take the Cowboys minus three. I'm feeling it. Do the Monday night games on Sunday. Finally, the Browns hosting the Jaguars favored by three and a half. I'm going with the Browns this week. I'm not going to lie. I was going to, if Trevor Lawrence was healthy and had not gotten hurt, the information I had on Monday, Denzel Ward, I didn't think was going to play. Trevor Lawrence was healthy. Christian Kirk was healthy. I was definitely leaning towards the Jaguars in this one. But with Denzel coming back, Trevor Lawrence unlikely to play at Christian Kirk out. I'm now flop, flip-flopping, and I'm going with the Browns. I think they will win this game by four to seven points. I'll take the Browns at home. And those are my picks for week number 14 in the NFL. Thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks, for, as always, for watching. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, and you'll get alerts every time I put out a podcast. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. We'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.